Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading is from Genesis chapter 3 and verses 8 to 13. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from him among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, Is this what you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me. And I ate. There's not much that uh, theologians and psychologists agree with 100%. But all psychologists and all theologians will say that from the time we're very small until the day we die, we ask and answer three questions. Sometimes consciously, often unconsciously. The first question who am I? The second question, where do I belong? The third question, what am I supposed to do? The first question, who am I, is about identity. Uh, we often determine our identity by what we do. Uh, you know, I, I'm a student, I'm a teacher, I'm an accountant. Or by our passions, I'm a surfer, I'm a musician, I'm an artist. Sometimes we find our identity in our family. I'm an oarsman. My parents made it very clear to me at a young age that I mustn't do anything to embarrass the oarsman name. It's very important. As you get a bit older, your identity changes. When you have kids, suddenly my identity changed. I was now... Naomi's daddy and Hannah's daddy. Our little kids would run up to me. Naomi's daddy, Naomi's daddy had a whole new identity. But who are you really? We all ask that question. And those of you who are parents, so do your children. Where do I belong? The second question is about security. Now we all have a need, a God-given need to belong. We all want to belong. I can remember when I was at school, we used to have all these cliques. You know, you would have like the, the sporting kids, then you would have the nerds, you would have the, the in-crowd, the out-crowd, the musicians, the, the, you, all these different cliques, and we were all desperate to find out where do we belong? Sometimes we determine where we belong by our ethnicity, people who look like me. Other times people will go, well, I belong to this exclusive golf club because people like me go there. Other times you'll see grown men wearing football t-shirts and rugby jerseys because that's the team they support and that's where they belong. Now, we all have this need. We all, it's a God-given need to want to belong. 
But sometimes we go about it in very dysfunctional ways. The third question, what am I supposed to do, is about significance. Why am I here? I mean, this is a fundamental question. I mean, it's, it's so fundamental, it's so overwhelming that sometimes we just kind of simply ignore it. I mean, when was the last time you asked yourself, why am I on this planet? What is the meaning of life for me? Most of the time, we're just like, well, I know this is like the most important question, uh, so I'm definitely going to get to it sometime, but I've got all these voicemails and these emails, and I've got work, and then there's kids, and I've got these exams, and we just kind of put it off. But it's a fundamental question. And so today, we're going to spend some time exploring these questions. Today we continue in our series, All In for Jesus, where we've been focusing on Romans chapter 12 because it gives us, a, gives us a snapshot of what a life that is all in for Jesus looks like. Uh, we first looked at our relationship with God. What does God really want? God wants you. But He wants all of you. All that you are, all that you have, surrendered to him. Then we looked at our relationship to the world and how the, the world's values and the world's system is trying to seduce our hearts away from Jesus. And so God wants us to be separate from the world's values. Today we're going to be looking at our relationship with ourselves. And so we're going to be focusing on those three questions Who am I? Where do I belong? And what am I supposed to do? Now, these are incredibly important questions, right? I mean, you don't get bigger questions than these. But yet, the majority of people haven't even given these questions any consideration. And all of us struggle to answer these questions. Why? Why do we struggle to answer these questions? Well, it all goes back to Genesis chapter 3, the fall. You see, our original parents, our first parents, did something that we've inherited that makes answering these questions extremely difficult. It's why the world has such a pull on us. It's why we often settle for superficial answers to those questions, even when deep down in our soul we know they won't ever satisfy us. And we're going to pick up the reading in verse 8. Now this is a highly symbolic account of, of how our original parents rebelled against God by eating the forbidden fruit. But it makes a very profound, it communicates a very profound truth about how all humanity has rebelled against God and how sin has entered the world. And so they've just rebelled against God. And we read in verse 8 then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
This is the first time that's ever happened. They've always run to meet God, but now they hide. Verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? This isn't an informational question. This is diagnostic. I mean, God knows fully well where he is. But he's going to ask a series of questions to help Adam and Eve to discover where they really are. Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Take note of those three words. Afraid, naked, hid. There's a relational pattern in those words that you have, and I have, and every human has. And this is why we struggle to answer those questions and why we struggle to come to grips with who we really are. There are three obstacles that are preventing us. The first is fear rooted in shame. He was afraid. Why? Because for the first time he realizes that he's naked. Now, of course, it's physical, but it's more than that. He suddenly realizes that he's exposed, that, that there's something deep down inside him that is not right, that something's wrong, that he, he doesn't measure up. And for the first time ever, he experiences the emotion, shame. And this is how we often relate to God and how we relate to each other. Our primary way of relating to each other and to God is fear rooted in shame. You see, if, if someone knew all of you, I mean all of you, your, your, your inner thoughts, your motives, your envy, if someone knew all of you, you convinced deep down in your heart you would be rejected. Fear rooted in shame. Secondly, there is hiding rooted in insecurity. You see, when you're naked, you feel insecure. I mean, you feel vulnerable, you feel inadequate, and so you hide. I hide the real me from you, and you've hide the real you from others and from God. How do we do that? By pretending to be someone who is sorted. By image managing. By projecting our image on our social media of someone who's got it all together, who's sorted. And what we do is we start to learn how well, what, what people like, this group likes that, and this group likes that, and that group likes that, so when I'm there, I'm going to act like that, and I'm dressed like this, and I'm going to look like that, because if I do that, then I'm going to get affirmation and I get love. What's the problem? It's not you. You're wearing a mask. And so even when you get affirmation and love, you don't feel love because you know that that person that you're projecting is not the real you, or at least not all of you, certainly not parts of the real you. And that's why we often see 
uh, people who seem to have it all together, they seem to have everything that we want, doing things that make us scratch our heads and say, like, like, why would someone who has everything that we want destroy their life with an addiction? It's because of this discrepancy in their soul. It's because of fear rooted in shame. It's because they hide in their insecurities. And then thirdly, there's blaming rooted in denial. And we all know how the story goes on. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. And the poor serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) But isn't it interesting? They don't own up. They don't take responsibility. They blame others. And in verse 12, it's very interesting what what, what Adam actually says. We read in verse 12, the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. Translation, it's not my fault, it's her fault. And in fact, you were the one who put her here in the first place. So let's do the mass. Not me, it's her. God, it's actually your fault. Isn't it interesting? Not much has changed. So often if there's a tragedy or some kind of problem or or some kind of difficulty or actually any problem today, and I will hear people say, how could God allow that to happen? We we don't list all the good things. Every time something good happens, we we don't give God praise. We don't make that whole list. But one little thing goes wrong. How could God? And it's because of our shame because of our insecurities, we live in denial and we blame others, even God. So it's our fear rooted in shame. It's our hiding rooted in insecurities, our blaming rooted in denial that makes it Virtually impossible to answer those questions. It makes it virtually impossible for for us to come to grips with who we really are. That's the problem. So what's the solution? Well, Romans chapter 12 and verses 3 to 8 helps us, starts to help us in the right trajectory to to discover who we really are, where we really belong, and what we're called to do. In in verse 3, it helps us to discover who we are. In in verses 4 to 5, it helps us to discover where we really belong. And then in verses 6 to 8, It shows us what we are supposed to do. Now, we're not going to have time this morning to unpack all those verses and and really get into it. And so you're going to have to come again next week, same time, same place, and we're going to dive into that and really unpack it and explore those questions and prayerfully, hopefully, start to come to grips with the real you. You see, you cannot, and I cannot, love anyone truly unless you love you. 
unless you love yourself. Now, I don't mean that in some kind of selfish, egotistical way. No, no, I mean in in, in a very healthy way. I mean, can you look into the mirror? Not not just a physical mirror, but into a mirror into your soul. And look into that mirror and say, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I matter. God's gifted me for a purpose. I'm not too tall. I'm not too short. I have the right personality. I have the right gifts. I don't need to be someone else. The truth of the matter is a great majority of people spend a lot of time and energy trying to be someone else or wishing they were someone else. We spend so much time and energy trying to be a copy of someone else. We try to dress like them. We try to act like them. We try to be like them. But we We're trying to be a copy that is far less attractive than the unique person out of nearly a billion people on the planet who has a unique DNA that is you. Do you realize that you matter? That God created you just the way you are for a reason. Because He loves you. And He he wants to do great things in your life. And He wants to do significant things through your life. And so we're going to explore this in greater detail next week. But I want to end by giving you a freedom message. A freedom message. Everyone on earth is desperately insecure. (laughs) Desperately insecure. Some people respond to their insecurities with strong reactions. They power up. They tell you how great they are and where they've been and what they've done and what they've accomplished. And they wear flashy clothes. And if you try to cross them, they get angry. Have you, have you met, has anyone met anyone like that? Yeah. But you know what they do in when, when they power up? When they power up, you feel small. What they're doing? They're creating distance. Because deep down inside, they're a scared little boy or a scared little girl, just like everybody else. They hide in. There's just a different fig leaf. Other people respond to their insecurities with weak reactions. They power down. They, they, they look at their feet and they say, well, I, I, I can never do this. I, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'll never make a success of that. No one will ever like me. I'll, I'll never be loved. And, and you meet up with them and you, and you try to help them. And, and, and then you meet up with them again. And then you meet up with them again. And they've got this record. I am not worthy. I'll never be able to do it. I'll never succeed. No one will like me. And then after about the fifth time of meeting up with them, you say, well, you might be right. 
Because you see what they're doing. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're creating distance. They're acting in a way that people are going to respond. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And it works. They create distance. They hide in. And can you see, there's no difference between the strong reactions or the weak reactions. There's no difference. They both hide in because they feel insecure. I can remember many times in my life feeling incredibly insecure. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where all of a sudden you feel very insecure, like you're totally out of your depth. I could tell many stories, but I'll tell you one. Uh, I, I was in London. I just started working for a bank in London. And I just come from, I literally just arrived from South Africa. I've been there for about, in, in the country for about a week or two. And I landed this job. I'm going into this massive, big, uh, you know, corporate city bank. I just come from South Africa. I spend most of my time on the beach. Uh, my previous employer was a church. We had four people on staff. I was now working for this massive bank with hundreds and hundreds of employees. And I remember walking in and standing in this, this lift to go up to the fifth floor. Uh, and there were a whole lot of other guys, all in black suits, financial times. And there I was with my metro. You know, the free newspaper from the tube station. <laughs> Feeling very uh, inadequate. And we would go to meetings and everyone was like kind of powering up and you know, talking about the markets and all the deals they're busy doing and the bonus they got and their career path. Uh, and I just felt really inadequate and, and intimidated. And there was one particular guy who was really quite domineering and dominating and, and, and I just felt insecure. And then suddenly it kind of dawned on me. And I just kind of leaned back in my chair and said, Man, this guy is desperately insecure. <laughs> and, and it was liberating. I suddenly wasn't feeling that in, in, intimidated, and I was able to take my mask off, and I was able to stop pretending that I had it all sorted. And I could say, look, actually, I haven't a clue what I'm doing. Can you give me some pointers? And then slowly started to get, these know, get to know these guys on, on a deeper level. And I suddenly realized they were just as messed up as me. In fact, they were probably more messed up because I think money and power makes you more messed up. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to stop pretending. I'm going to take my mask off on a deeper level and befriend these guys. And I watched God do a miracle. He did a miracle in their lives, but he did a greater miracle in mine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that we, we do respond out of fear that is rooted in shame. We do respond by hiding our true self, wearing masks and projecting an image that we think will be accepted because we're insecure. And Father, we know that that will never do. We pray that we can find our security in you, that we can find forgiveness in you, that we can find our identity in you, and that we can know that we belong in your house as your child. And Father, won't you help us as we journey to discover the purpose you have created us for, 
We can't do this by ourselves, and so we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us. That we can be done with being, with pretending and wearing masks. And that we can start seeing the real, the real us, the real me, coming to the front. We ask for your help and your grace. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website abgavenibaptist.co.uk